0: Welcome to the prophecy club our topic today is should I go to church or what to look for in a church so we're going to start with the first question should I go to church <laughs> I already know I already know what you can say because I've thought the same thing I'm not going to go to some of those churches out there that teach all those pre-trib doctrines or teach out of those all those new age bible versions I understand I understand We're going to talk about it today. So, first of all, let me read an email that I got that has touched my heart more than any that I can even recall. And I think he makes some good points, asks some good questions. And I think by answering this email, so this is what I'm saying to him, but you getting to listen is going to get, I think, a lot of really good understanding. So he says, hi, Stan, my name is, I'll skip the name, S.M., he says, watch all of your YouTube videos, and I'm an absolute newcomer to the Bible. I just bought a King James Bible. Well, good for you. And also bought a bunch of your books, too Missing, Miss the Mark, Daniel, and How Preacher One. He says, I am one on one cleaning up my act and getting rid of all my demons in my life. Good for you. May we all be doing the same, including me because I don't know that we ever get there. Jesus is perfect, and no one's been perfect since him. So we all have to clean up. He says, I no longer want any of them in my life and want to only leave space for God and Jesus. Good for you. I fasted for the first time a few weeks ago when you asked us to pray in our face four times a day. I was able to go for two and a half days and then broke my fast. Again, good for you. I am shocked to find out how many Christians have never fasted. Uh, in my opinion, I think that the three foundations for a Christian is that we need to make certain that our giving is right, our fasting is right, and our prayer is right. Our giving, our fasting, and our prayer. Got to be right if we want to be used by God. You go back into Acts chapter, I think it was like four, where Cornelius, what was it that Cornelius was doing, they got him so qualified that God would use him to take the gospel from the Jews only out to the rest of the Gentile world. Well, it was because he was fasting, praying, and giving. All three of those things got to be right. Now, let's go on. He says, when I was praying the prayer you gave us, and when I read the sense about calling out Moloch and baal worshipers, I started getting really scared. And by the way, you should. If your life is not clean, if you're not praying first, you should not only not only get scared, but don't pray against the devil. If you are walking in his territory, any place he will come up to kill, steal and destroy. I started getting scared because I didn't have a hundred percent clean body and spirit, yet I was going to war with the devil. Good point. Okay, we don't fight the devil on his ground. We have to fight with Jesus in our heart and through the, the power and the blood of Jesus. I decided that in order for me to be confident and strong and not scared, I had to get rid of all the unclean things in my life. May we all do the same. This week, I've cho- chosen. I've given up one major thing from my life. I got rid of smoke, smoking weed. <laughs> Good for you. I am surprised that Christians would think that they're still Christians if they are smoking weed or doing some of those like big things now. You may be saying, yeah, well, wait a minute. The Bible doesn't say you can't smoke weed or marijuana doesn't say, well, wait a minute. (laughs) It does say that pharmacia gets us in trouble. So I looked up the scripture and it's Revelation 920. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone and wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented thee, here it is. Are they murderers, or the sorceries, or the fornication, or their thefts? And I believe that this is the group of people that are basically roving hoodlums and criminals that don't receive Jesus, but they don't take the mark of the beast, and they turn into the nations, they get to live a thousand years, but if they sin one time, a Morning Star judge shows up and hits them with a the Morning Star, they fall to the ground, a pile of ashes and bones, destroying both body and soul. But the point is, the word... Sorceries is pharmacia, and that is what it's talking about. Things like smoking weed and heroin and all sorts of things like that. And th- th- that's the reason it's called sorceries. OK, so there's actually three different kinds here where Daniel talks about them. And sorcery specifically is trying to control people with the things from the source or from the ground. Let's go on. So he says, when I was praying the prayer you gave, and when I read the sentence about calling out the Moloch and worshippers, I started getting scared because I did not have a hundred percent clean body and spirit, yet I was going to war with the devil. I decided that in order for me to be confident and strong and not scared, I had to get rid of all the unclean things in my life. This week I have given up one major thing in my life. I got rid of smoking weed. I watched the high def video, Dimitri, and in the video he was talking about getting rid of smoking. And not to wait and to do it right now because there is no more time left. When Dimitri said that in the video, he said it with so much conviction that I spoke to spoke to me and I started crying and realized that I had to stop now. And so I out loud cast that demon out. Well, good for you. May we all do the same. I think sometimes we cut ourselves short for what we can do for praying for ourselves and if we're smoking, if we're doing some other things wrong, we need to say out loud, "I repent of that, and, and I cast out that demon, and I ask the Lord to help me stop that in Jesus' name." So he went on to say, "So I cast out loud the demon, and now I am one. one that now I am two days without weed in me, and unfortunately, I'm having uh, feeling a bit sick to my stomach. I'm feeling withdrawals, but I'm one hundred percent dedicated, and I am not going to fall. Good for you." I know it. I'm a hundred percent ready to move forward with this new life, a hundred percent dedicated to God. God has awakened me for some reason, and I feel absolutely lucky, lucky and blessed that I'm so grateful to God for looking out for me. I will never go back to the devil. That life is over for me. I have made up my mind. Well, good for you. You know, I can recall the time of my life, like the old song says, I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the of the sea heard my despairing cry and reached down and picked me up. And now here am I. And I changed the words there at the end. But the point is, there was a time in my life that I was out in the middle of sin. And at that point, I had no particular interest in coming back to the Lord. Here, I'll tell you a story. So, my goodness, this would have been about 1980. Prophecy Club didn't start till 1993. But God had a call in my life. And I believe that this guy here, I believe your name, is in the book of life. That's the reason God come to get you. So I walked out of a meat market. Those of you that know what I'm talking about, it was about 2 o'clock in the morning. And uh, I had struck out that night, which didn't happen too often. And so I was walked in my car. And as I walked up to open up the door of my car, the Lord spoke to my heart. And it was so clear, I stopped, turned, looked up into heaven, and here's what he said. He said, when are you coming back to me? And I remember it specifically because I looked up and there was a streetlight. And I can still remember the bugs flying around in all directions. But I wasn't talking to the streetlight. I was talking to the Father above. And I said, I thought about it for a minute, and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm just not done sinning yet. I'm going to have to put you back on the shelf a little bit while longer. Big mistake. Opened the car, got in the car, and about 30 days later, with only a, within a few steps of where that took place, God arranged to get me in a crack, a real jam. Why? Because he wanted to show me, okay, Stan, you choose the devil's way. I'm going to show you how the devil treats you when you walk his way. And so I decided I (laughs) I didn't like being treated that way. And I remember as I was walking away from that devastating situation that I will not mention, I remember saying, Okay, Lord, I see what you're saying. I'll come back. So at that point, I decided to start cleaning my life up. And sad to say, in most people's lives, that's what it takes. It takes us falling all the way to the bottom and deciding to clean up our life. And so good for you. He says, I'll never go back to the devil's stand. That life is over for me. I've made up my mind good for you. May we all reach that same position. Let me also say, I know a lot of you are watching right now, and you're saying, yeah, 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 i already been there. Okay, I understand. But I'm going to recommend you send this video out to other people that are not saved, that are often sin, that need to hear this, because it may be that the Lord is speaking to you to send this to them, because maybe the Lord is not going to call them the way he called this guy, the way he's called me. Maybe the way he's going to call them is through this video. Don't, don't leave it to yourself. Send it out. The worst thing can happen is they watch it and they don't receive Jesus. Maybe God calls them another way or maybe they don't get called. The bottomless pit terrifies me and I will, go, I will, I will not be and that will not be my faith but I still have a long way to go and a lot of work to do. Always, brother, I need a bit of your help. I just moved to, and I'm going to skip the name of the city, it starts with a P, Nevada. It's about 45 minutes away from Las Vegas, and I need help finding a church to go to. I have no idea what the different denominations of the churches are and which one teaches the correct Word of God and the King James Bible. I was just watching your most recent Bible study. You mentioned how you were in uh, with Dimitri and he was speaking at the Prophecy Club in Las Vegas. And when I heard that, I quickly hit pause on the video and jumped to my seat. Joy thinking, oh, my goodness, <laughs> well, I changed a little bit. There is a Prophecy Club right here where I live. So then I went to search out Las, uh, Las Vegas for a Prophecy Club, but I could not find it. So I looked in your website, could not find an address there either. So let me explain. Prophecy Club started in 1993, and God had us invite speakers in to speak. And so from 1993 until 2012, the primary ministry of the Prophecy Club was a platform inviting other speakers to whom God had given information to come in and speak, and we turned that into DVDs. We made about 330 DVDs from 160 different guest speakers. And, sad to say, there was a day that that just went away for a lot of different reasons I don't need to go into today. But I will blame the number one on the iPod because people turned away from listening to Christian radio and TV to the iPod. And, of course, now we're benefiting from not even having to pay for reaching people through the various different Internet platforms. So what turned out to be really, really bad has now turned out to be really, really good. But anyway, let's go on. Stan, could you please give me the address of that church in Vegas? Well, there isn't a Prophecy Club church in Vegas. But I will say this. There was a time we were having 40 meetings every month across America. About 5,000 people were attending our meetings, roughly 200 to 500 people per meeting. And of all of those meetings, the number one meeting in the country was Las Vegas. Now, not because we had the most people there, not because the product tables were the most or not because of the video or the, the the offerings were the most, but because we got the most people saved when the rest of the cities were writing down. Well, we got one person or three people saved. Las Vegas would have five, 10, 15 people. <laughs> when we first went to Las Vegas, we could only find, you know, we were used to hold the meetings at a hotel. We couldn't find a hotel. They were all Las Vegas casinos. And the guy calls me, he says, Stan, he said, I can't find a hotel here. They're all, they're all casinos. I said, well, I don't I have a Prophecy Club meeting at a casino. So he called me back. He said, look, it. he said, you don't live here in Las Vegas. You don't really understand it. He said, but here's where we want to start having the meetings. I found the perfect place. I said, why is that? He said, because it's in a casino. He said, but at the place it is located, we have a high probability of people from the casino walking into the prophecy club meeting getting saved i said okay at your word we'll do it that way but he was right he said i have drunks stumbling i have people stumbling he said they don't even know what they're walking into they're just walking into another room he said they walk in and sit down he said and the holy spirit starts knocking on their heart they get convicted and they get saved He would have 10, 15, 20 people saved in Las Vegas almost every month. So, yeah, my heart is very big for Las Vegas. I love Las Vegas. I'd love to go back there today. I'd love to have more meetings there. I would like for a church in Las Vegas. Matter of fact, I will say this. I would like for churches across America to begin to invite me and Leslie to come in and speak. They should. Now, here's the way that would work. I would ask that the pastor let me teach on prophecy, Bible prophecy. And then when I'm done, turn it over to Leslie. Let Leslie talk on little things that the Lord has spoken her about. And then when they're done, let Leslie pray for people. And the miracles and the prophecies and the power, because, okay, this is the prophet. This is an empty cup. This is a little dirty right now. This is a cup. This is what a prophet is. A prophet is... Catches the anointing coming down from God and then turns around and pours that anointing out on God's people. I'll say it again. This is what a prophet does. Not necessarily giving prophecies, not necessarily laying hands on people, praying or healing. Not not necessarily any of that. But all of that. They catch the anointing of God coming down and they pour that anointing out on the people. To whatever degree God wants them to do. That's what a prophet does. And of course, me, I teach Bible prophecy. Surprise, surprise. So let's go back to what he says. Stan, could you please give me the address of the church in Vegas? There's not one. Uh, matter of fact, there's Prophecy Club hasn't held a meeting as a prophecy club since about 2012. We've God has had us go in a different direction. It used to be that the prophecy club was always the guest speaker. Matter of fact, for the first eight years the prophecy club was going, I never said my name on the air. Ever. Ever. It wasn't about me. And then one day God changed it, and all of a sudden now I'm the one speaking. Anyway, he says if that church does not exist anymore, could you please guide me to a church where I can learn about God? No, not really. I cannot give you churches don't have anything to do with churches. Sad to say, Um, ashamed to say, the devil's crowd, why the devil crowd, they work together. No problem. But you see, there's too many denominations. And and in Christianity, if we have one little difference, we don't have anything to do with them. The only one we have anything to do with is if we went to denominational city or if we went to what you call the the, uh, uh, Bible college together, And we know that we believe exactly the same. Then we work together. Other than that, we have nothing to do with each other. Isn't that nice? The devil loves it. So, no, we don't have any prophecy club there. Can I tell you which church to go to? No, but I am going to try to give you some pointers here in just a second. He says, I'm 100% dedicated and I'm willing to do anything to live a life for God. Good for you and not for myself anymore. I know God is speaking to me and has woken me up for some reason. I need to hurry up and clean up my act and just be ready in case he calls on me. Good for you. May we all say the same. Always, brother, if you could please help guide me to the correct church, I will. And then also my friend and my brother, could you also please pray for me too and ask God to help me. And I'll pray for not only you, but all of those people watching. Lord Jesus, you see their hearts. You're hearing this. You know whose peoples whose names are in the book of life. We know that the no one can call Jesus Lord except the Holy Spirit draws them. So Lord I would ask that you send your Holy Spirit not only to this man, but to all the other men and women that are listening, that will watch this video, that will make it to this point even. Send the Holy Spirit knock on the heart, become a lamp to their feet, and light unto the path, be a voice behind them, speaking and saying, This is the way, walk ye in it. And that you would Put their name in the book of life and he would show them the true path, not the broad gate that leads to destruction, but the narrow gate that few that be that find it to eternal life. In Jesus name. Amen. Now, let's go on. <clears throat> I only have a few more demons to get rid of, and I believe my body will be clean again. I got rid of smoking cigarettes about six months ago. I got rid of smoking weed two days ago, and I basically have six more things left. See, I like his honesty. I have to get rid of masturbation, flesh, hard one for me because I'm addicted to the porn sites. Now, let me say something. (laughs) I understand about that. (laughs) Leslie is always beating up on masturbation. So I have to tell you a funny story. It was Christmas about four years ago. I mean, literally Christmas morning. Now, we don't put up Christmas trees. We don't believe in Santa Claus and don't tell our children about Santa Claus or Jingle Bells. We don't put up uh, Bells of Holly, all of that pagan stuff, but it is scriptural that we exchange gifts. Okay, the wise men did bring gifts to Jesus, so we still exchange gifts. So it was Sunday so, so morning; we had just exchanged gifts. So Leslie has her apron on and she's in the kitchen and she's finishing the the final preparations for the Christmas dinner. And uh, my son Sean is there, my other son Bentley is there, and my daughter Leslie Ann is there with their families. So Leslie turns and says rather loudly so that everybody in the room could hear it. And she says, says, Masturbate. (laughs) Everybody froze. We look at each other. (laughs) Uh, We didn't know what to say. Leslie's always beating up on this thing, masturbation. So we just froze. Finally, a minute later, Leslie says, Masturbate. Still, nobody is willing to say anything. So it's totally quiet. Leslie's working. So finally she stops and realizes no one has answered her. And she says, I wish you guys would tell me what you want. How do you want your potatoes fixed? Mashed or baked? Well, we still all chuckle about that. <laughs> so when she told us that, everybody broke out into a laughter. But yeah, that that's uh, that's a big problem because that's that's porn. Get into porn, and thing of it is, is with the devil, you know that spiral I always show you about. Well, that spiral is really telling us about how the devil works. He catches us out on the end of the spiral, and then more we walk with the devil, we get closer and closer and closer until boom, he's finally got us right in the center where we're worshiping him. That's the point of the spiral. I also have to get rid of biting my fingernails, minor problem. I also have to get rid of downloading pirated movies and TV shows. And I have to get rid of drinking caffeine stimulant, which, by the way, uh, I have some coffee, but I think it is, uh, what the guy says is caffeine washed. Anyway, I then have to get rid of eating a gluttonous fashion also, pig. I pig out instead of eating normally, I'm not a drinker, but I have a few bottles of alcohol in the cabinet, I also have to get rid of those bottles too essentially, those are the things I get, need to get rid of in order to get my body to be clean again i'm talking taking I'm talking them one at a time <laughs> I think he means taking because if I try to do them all at once, I will probably fall. he's probably true, but of having success, clean up my act one thing at a time Good point once I have a clean body at that point, I have to study the Bible and start learning the Word. Now, that's a major point I want to discuss here. We don't clean up and then receive Jesus. We receive Jesus and then we clean up, because the truth is we can't get away from the devil unless Jesus helps us get away from the devil. We can't understand the King James Bible or any other Bible, the other perversions, without Jesus. So we have to first accept Jesus And then he helps us clean up. So you've done the right thing here, brother. Keep walking. So he says, I, out of all the people I know, am the only thing, only one that is thinking the end times are coming. Well, join the party. Just about all of us that believe we're in the end times or close to the end times feel like we're the only one in the world that believes that way, which is one of the reasons you might consider coming to some of the various Prophecy Club meetings so that you can meet a BFF. And make your BFFs, your best friends forever, because this is a chance for you to meet other people that really believe in Bible prophecy, to exchange phone numbers, emails and whatnot so that you can fellowship together. Also, if you're in the DFW area, or if you're going to visit the DFW area, you might consider visiting the Spirit of Prophecy Church, 2540 K Avenue, Suite 100 in Plano, Texas, 75074. Please do not send your donations there. Our mailbox is constantly being rummaged through by the homeless people in the area. So instead, you want to send your donations to Prophecy Club P.O. Box 750234, Topeka, Kansas, 66675. I'll say it again. P.O. Box 750234, Topeka, Kansas, 66675. All right, now, I know I'm not the only one thinking that the end times are coming, and that is actually a biblical thing happening to us right now. I feel all alone, standing in my thoughts, and it is very difficult for me, for all the covid I only wore my mask a few times. I had to go to the hospital for a bloody nose. So I only have a mask on my face for maybe a total of four hours max. And so I know I have the strength to redeem myself because I endure all the peer pressure and I will never take the anti-V. As a matter of fact, I'm 50 years old and I don't take any medication and don't have any health insurance. Either medical system nutrition has been corrupted too. Everybody around me thinks I'm crazy. Well, join the party. But I don't care anymore what anybody thinks. The only thing I care about is what would God think and what would Jesus think about me doing that. And I agree, that's the right attitude to have. This is my new path in my life. And nobody, and I mean nobody, is ever going to derail me again. Good for you. So please, brother, pray for me. I did. I love you, Stan. I love you from the bottom of my heart with all your guidance and all your videos I've learned before I watched any of these videos, that the world was about to collapse financially. I also had learned that there were a group of elite people that ruled the world and that they were Satan worshippers, including Hollywood and the music industry. And I knew about the World Economic Forum, Seeing Sing, 666's everywhere, and the Baphomet, etc. But you helped me to understand that this is actually a biblical thing, and that the Bible and Revelation talked about all this, and that the end times are very close, and that this is all the work of the devil. So I began preparing, prepping, you know, like EMP, gold and silver, long-term food storage, water, nutrition, things like that. Long before I met you, but you helped me to understand that this is actually the devil. I'm also grateful that you help me to connect the last dots. You, God's representative, basically have given me a shot to save my spirit or my soul. But I have to do the work so that on judgment day, God or Jesus will write my name in the book of life. Right now, I don't think I'm in there yet. Now, now, let me say something about this. I have a ways to go, and so that is why I'm asking for just a little help from you to pray for me, brother. Okay, I have just a little bit of ways to go to be Christ-like, too. We, because, yes, Christianity is a journey. It's not a destination. We never arrive at perfection. We never arrive at holiness but we're always striving to. We don't become good after reading the Bible. We become good, we become washed, we become clean when we ask Jesus into our heart. And then what we endeavor to do is to continue to follow his teachings, knowing that no one can, but we're supposed to be as close as possible. Always, that's all, my friend. I've taken too much of your time. There's a lot more story, but this is the basic version of who I am. I love you, my brother, and thank you for pleading for saving my soul. Now let's go to the next part. First question here is, should I go to church? Yeah, but Stan, you know, I mean, I watch all the videos. I scan the Internet. Should I really go to church? And then if I should, what do I look for in a church? Those are two really big questions. So first question, should I go to church? Should I go to church? Should I go? What do you think? Should I go to church? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> you would expect a pastor to say that. But now let me say there was a time in my life that probably 10 years in there that Leslie and I didn't go to church. And one morning I woke up and I said, do you know what? We need to get back in church. And that was the day that the tire was flat. And the next Sunday, when it was time to get ready to go to church, that was the day that the toilet backed up. Because the devil doesn't want us going to church, so you can expect that when you decide to go back to church, you're going to meet a lot of resistance. We could tell when we were going to have a very powerful crusade because everything started going wrong just before the crusade. As a matter of fact, Henry Groover once said, he said, if everything is going right, I wonder what's going wrong. In other words, (laughs) After a little while, you get to understand that that's the way the devil tries to stop you, tries to get you sick, or someone in your family sick, or a financial problem, or some kind of an argument over just some little, uh, anything. He can't stop you, so he puts stumbling blocks in your path. So that's the first thing. Yes, we should go to church, but we better understand there will be stumbling blocks. Next point. Should... Should I go to one that is not so good? I mean, because they're all good, right? you know, pre-trib, and they're teaching that. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I understand. I feel the same way. Okay, okay, but answer the question. Are you telling me I should go to a church that teaches pre-trib, teaches Adam NIV, and they are not preaching the truth? The answer is yes. What? hang on, hang on, it's better to go to a church that's not exactly correct than it is not to go to church. Leslie, I just had a conversation last night sitting on the couch about this. She says, I have so many people tell me that they just don't want to go to church, that they're just, there's not any good churches out there. I know, I understand. And to a large degree, you're right. I mean, how can we tell people to go to a church that's not teaching right? Okay. Well, as Leslie and I both both agreed last night, sometimes we're supposed to go to that church to get them to do right. Now, now, hang on. That doesn't mean you walk into the church with the spirit of, I'm going to show you a think or two, or I'm going to correct you, or you're all a bunch of mess. Okay, instead, you're going to be surprised this, when you walk into church, visit several of them. Matter of fact, I suggest that you visit at least five different churches. And then when you think you've found the right one, my next suggestion is that you visit it five times. One, two, three, four, five. I remember I was sitting in a church, and this is for had any inclination I would ever be in the ministry. <clears throat> this lady with like three kids walked in and sat down behind me, and I was just impressed to say this. So church was just starting, and I just turned right around, and I said, You need to come to the church five times before you make your decision about whether this is your church. And turned back around, said nothing else to her. And it was probably a year later, she said, uh, Leslie came home one day. She says, uh, you remember turning around and telling some lady in church that she should come at least five times before she made her decision to come to church? I said, yeah, I remember the Lord nudged me to turn around and say that to a lady out. She says, well, that lady came up to me this past, uh, I think it was Wednesday night or something, at the women's meeting, and she says, your husband turned around and said this. She says, I'm telling you that that was exactly what I was thinking at the time. That was exactly what I needed to hear at the time. I followed that advice, and so consequently, I'm at this church. Now, I think we should visit around. But I think that once we think we found that church, visit there five times before we actually put our feet under the the pew or the the, the pulpit, so to speak. All right, now let's go on to the next point. A church is a family, some good, some bad. In other words, don't start looking for a church where it's only the glamorous people. I want to go where it's a nice building, it's nice church, they're wealthy people, they're good, upstanding people, they're the best people in the community. A lot of times, that's exactly the church you don't want to go to. I remember one church was really going and growing and, and glowing, and they got a big, nice new building. And all of a sudden, the Spirit left. Because then everybody started showing up, started being and proper. Consequently, the Spirit left. Sometimes that little church in the little hole in the wall that has a bunch of common people in there don't look like much. People don't dress like they have much money. Sometimes that's where the Spirit is. Sometimes that's a church that maybe the Spirit's not there, but maybe that church needs you more than you need the church. In other words, are we going to church for us, or are we going to church for Jesus? Are we going to church to just build us, or are we going to church because we want to be a blessing we want to we want to help people grow, okay, so sometimes going to church that's not so pretty. the people inside are not so pretty, they don't have that much money sometimes that is exactly the place where God wants you. And sometimes it's a test on you. Are you wanting to just be lifted up? Or are you wanting to go in there to really help? Next point. When we go into a church, don't go in there, all right, I'm going to show them a think or two. Or don't walk in saying, "Ah, I'm going to find something wrong. Ah, dust, dust. They've got dust. Don't walk in looking for something wrong. Instead, walk in looking for something right. Walk in saying, maybe, just maybe, I have a think or two that I need to learn. Maybe these people can show me something. Walk in, and then once you've visited your five times, once you and your husband or wife have made your decision, this is going to be your family. That's what it is it's a family then you submit to that leadership. I suggest you go to that leadership, and I'm going to suggest that you humble yourself. And I'm going to say that you walk up and say, we like what we see. Okay, maybe you don't like everything, but you don't have to say we don't like everything. I like what we see here. We believe God has brought us here, and we want to place our membership here, and we're coming here to help you build this church. You'll probably see the pastor's jaw go ching and hit the floor because that's exactly what he wants. That's exactly what you should be saying, but nobody ever says that. <sighs> so many times people are, how do I say, how do I say this? They're flighty. They pop in and pop out. I often say it takes a bulldozer to drag them in and a feather to run them off. Most people walk into a church with one foot still outside. They never really get both feet inside the church. They're looking for something. They walk in with a chip on their shoulder. I'm going to find something wrong with your church. Something wrong with you. You do one little thing and I'm gone. We had one couple. They were part of the uh, founding group that started the Spirit of Prophecy Church. And one day, they got a misunderstanding of something Leslie had said. Now, did they come to us and say, is this what happened? No. Instead, they were going to get up in front of the church and rip her right and rip her left. I didn't exactly understand what was going on at the time. But for the point I'm trying to make, they walked out of the church. Now, they've been gone for hmm, five, six years. I've heard they still haven't found another church. But I've also heard that several ministries that they've started have fallen to the wayside. I've heard that there's been a lot of problems. So I said to Leslie, because when they came into the church, how do I say this? When they came into the church, they were not too much, in case they watched this, I'm going to try to say it right. They weren't walking as close to the Lord as they were when they left. Maybe that's the way to say it. And then four or five years later, I believe it's fair to say they're not walking as close to the Lord as they used to when they were going. And I think it's also fair to say that their life hasn't gone as well as when they're going there. So I asked Leslie, I said, well, what's the deal? She says, well, when they were come to the church, they were walking in the anointing and the blessings of the office of the prophets. But when they walked away, they walked away from that anointing and the blessing of the prophet. And I believe so, because Leslie prophesied a lot of things. A lot, a lot of times she'd come in and have a prophecy. The Lord told me something and told him a different direction to go with the things they were doing. And they were blessed. Okay, enough of that, enough of that. Let's go on. Sometimes we need to go to bless the church, to help the church, to build the church, because when we build another person's ministry, then God builds our ministry. So maybe what a person needs to do, instead of looking into their own heart for the perfect church, maybe what they need to do is look for the perfect place to help that church the perfect church to help grow and in the process of helping that other church grow then they themselves will grow but I've never seen anybody that is not going to church they just never grow they absolutely now some of them don't grow in the church because that's the way the church is but if you are not going to church you are not growing in the Lord I'll say it again Leslie and I just talked about this we agree if you're not in a church, and I'm not talking about visiting once in a while. I'm talking about if the church is open two times a week, you're there two times a week. If the church needs someone to sweep, then your hand is raised. If the church needs someone to teach a Sunday school, or help the kids, or decorate the church, that's what we're doing. In other words, whatever a hand finds to do, we do it with all of our might. When we help God build his kingdom, then he helps us build our life. When we help God, he helps us. But what do we do? We tend to say, okay, God, here am I. How can you help me? Uh, no. He's not a big gumball machine in the sky. He's looking for people that want to serve. He is a servant, and he looks for people that want to serve. So if you want to serve, look for a church. <laughs> where you can serve. Okay, next question. What do we look for in a church? Well, don't necessarily look for the big fancy building with the really nice well-dressed people in there. So I'm going to say it this way. Maybe rather than telling you what to look for, and I'll cover a little of that, let me tell you some things to avoid. One is to avoid the SDA or the Seventh-day Adventist Church Leslie has a whole video out there on error in the church, and it covers what's wrong with Seventh-day Adventists, covers what's wrong with Jehovah's Witnesses, and also the Mormon Church. I didn't write that down, but you got to avoid those with obvious error, and those have obvious error. Next thing I would say that you should look for, one that has King James Bible. And the point of a church is to read the King James Bible, to learn the King James Bible, and to walk out what is in the King James Bible. But also understand that just because that church is teaching from the NIV or the NEAS or one of the other versions out there does not necessarily mean that you can't get involved and then maybe years down the road at the right time, the right place, when the church and the pastor has confidence in you, perhaps you can begin to then introduce things like maybe... Well, how about the King James? Okay. In other words, don't walk in to correct it. Maybe walk in to be corrected. Don't walk in thinking, you know, everything, maybe walking in to say, I need to learn everything. But even if they're teaching out of the NIV, you still have your King James version you're reading out of. You still take your King James version as they're putting up the NIV or some of the other versions on the overhead. You got your King James right there. You teach your kids out of King James. We memorize that of King James. Next point. Also, don't be hurt or disappointed. Forgive. That means forgive the other church members that offend you, and they will. Disappoint you, and they will. Pastors that disappoint you. I had a pastor. Matter of fact, here, here's what he said. Uh, I mentioned Prophecy Club to him again. And he turned to me and he says, oh, you still doing that? ha. <laughs> It was my full-time income at this time. I'd been doing it for two or three years. He hadn't taken the time to even look and see that one of his ministers, one of his congregation members, was now being called by God in the ministry and probably had more people than his church. (laughs) It it did affect him, so he he didn't like it. He didn't like prophecy. He didn't like Ken times. He wouldn't have anything to do with it. So I was offended by it, but that's okay. I forgot. I forgave. That's what we got to do. Can't just walk away and just throw our hands up. Don't, Don't do that. Don't don't. You will be hurt. You will be disappointed, but you will stay. You will forgive. If we don't forgive, then neither will Christ forgive us. Also, don't look for big numbers. Don't look for big. Don't look for the big church. Don't look for the big numbers. Don't look for the big, nice pews, the big, nice pulpit. Don't look for the the big and the nice and the best. Sometimes the rusty, the small, (laughs) the the little church, sometimes that's where the Spirit is. Sometimes that's where God is going to help you to grow. Instead, look for God not necessarily God and the church, but look for God in you to guide you to this church. Maybe this church has lots of problems. Maybe God is sending us there so that we can walk in kindly and gently at the right time after we've earned the right, after we've earned friendship, after we've kn- they know us and we know them, after they know that we're not going to leave after two or three visits, two or three months, or two or three years. I mean... I cannot tell you how Leslie and I have had our heart ripped out by people for years come in and hug our neck. Oh, we love you so much. And then they walk out. And they walk out saying all kinds of bad things about us. Wait a minute. Did God call you here? Because if he called you here, he didn't tell you to leave. The problem. My opinion, starting And running a church is the most difficult thing I've ever done in my life. And I was a door-to-door salesman for six years. I've done some difficult things. Jesus was a friend of publicans and sinners. Meaning that sometimes, just because there's a lot of homeless there, that might be where you're supposed to be. In other words, don't necessarily look for the big, the beautiful. Sometimes the small, the rusty is where God is having us. Maybe the church needs us more than we need the church. Either way, we'll benefit more. I will tell you again, I do not believe you will grow if you are not part of a church. Yes, I want you to listen to Prophecy Club, but Prophecy Club is not a church. Yes, I want you to listen to a Friday night Bible study, but we need friends, we need family, we need someone that maybe we can help, Maybe we need someone that can help us. There will be a day that we can help. There will be a day that we need help. That's what a church is. It's a family. So go find your church family. It is out there. Hebrews 10.25 says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Meaning, if you really believe we're in the end times, then that's all the more to get yourself into a church. Click like, share, subscribe and send to a friend.